Hey guys, what's up? Ness here. I am here in studio with one of my good friends, Cheryl Nguyen. Hey. I'm so excited to have her. I'm Thanks sure you can me. hear it in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have no idea. She's like one of my favorite people to, as she says, scheme with. Big dream with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we talk ideas, visions, dreams, and even frustrations. Yes, that's uh, a huge part of it. It really is. <laughs> uh, something that we really, um, what's the word, connected with, connected. was our hate for being employees. Oh my <laughs> gosh, many conversations about this. Yes, yes, yes. Many frustrated conversations about working and having to do those types of things and being somewhere where we hated, uh, but still having to ba- pay bills and make ends meet. So, um, let's get started with the questions, I guess. So, most of my questions are pretty intentional and things like that, but we can get started with something simple as what do you want to share about your background, where you were born, or even where you grew up? What do you feel like is significant about you? So, as Vanessa knows, and I don't really share this with a lot of people just because I'm really private about how I grew up, I feel like it was very sensitive to me, but I've shared so much of my upbringing with very close friends, and Vanessa has been such a close friend to me, and um, so she's asked me to come on here and talk a little bit about where I come, where I came from, and I wasn't sure how to answer this question when she first <laughs> introduced it to me on a text message last week, and I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is something that I've kind of been avoiding, but I feel like God has been really pulling out my heart to kind of share what I've gone through and maybe it's going to reach somebody who might need to hear this or they've kind of gone through like a parallel experience. So here it goes. I am um, a mom and I have a three-year-old daughter. I've been married for eight years now to Mikey. I know it's been so long. Eight years, girl. And um, yeah, so me and Mikey met during kind of our lowest points in life and we both kind of gone through some really turbulent moments in our upbringing and I don't want to speak on him but for me a lot of that upbringing was because I kind of grew up in a very unstable family and so that caused me to be very dysregulated throughout my whole life and a lot of the reason why it was well I consider it to be unstable was because I would go through a lot of like abuse and trauma and manipulation and really my parents weren't the nurturing type to kind of structure me in a way where I could thrive in the future Mm -hmm. they kind of were just like the typical and I hate to say that but it's so true the typical third world like Asian parents where it was like a dictatorship almost in the house and you know you're you could never speak against your parents type of thing and I didn't I almost didn't have an individuality growing up and so I was kind of raised in this militant house and I couldn't speak for myself and if I did I would get punished severely and um, along with that my my dad is he's still here um, a narcissist and my mom is an enabler and so it's really hard for me to say that because my siblings you know live with them and I know this is gonna really trigger some things for my family and I'm not trying to cause any you know separation or division in that area but this is what my truth is and I Mm. think that people who know me have seen this come to life and my friends who have been with me since I was a little girl even my teachers my principal they've kind of seen this too throughout my life and um, they can kind of attest to the fact that like I was always really 
you know, book smart. I've always gotten straight A's, but at the same time, they could kind of tell that it was because like my parents were so hard on me and I almost just kind of did what they told me to do. And I never had my own dreams or my own visions. And, you know, growing up in that environment, it was so hard for me to, you know, tell my parents, I do, I don't want to do what you want me to do. And how do you do that in a household where they don't give you money. So you don't, they took all your resources away, essentially. Like I was at their mercy for every little thing that I had. And so that was really a tough place for me because that's when I really learned that I had to create my own chessboard because I was playing on their chessboard. And so I always had to think outside the box and think like, how can I get away with this almost? How can I, how can I do this and you know, not tell them or like, yeah, I I, I had to be really sneaky about things and like really creative about how to get around their rules and regulations. So that taught me how to be really relentlessly resourceful. And I thought to myself, like, I am so like smart at getting away, like loopholing myself out of situations. And um, growing up and especially like, because I had to run away from that situation, it was just too much for me. I'm a creative person. And I need an environment that kind of stimulates that creativity in me. And when you don't have that environment, especially when you're a creative person and you're an empath like myself, those things are going to come into play in your life, whether you know it or not. Those seeds are going to grow into either weeds or fruit. And for me, a lot of the seeds that my parents planted in my life were weeds. Mm. So growing up, I had a lot of problems with regulating myself and not understanding that I was an was a person who wasn't stable like mentally physically emotionally financially even that was a huge part of it and um self-aware like just being self-aware of like how that affected me at that moment was like I I remember the moment when I thought to myself like whoa this isn't who I am like I don't want to be this person like I had this sense I had this epiphany of like this is not who I am. Like, where did this come from? And it was like all the layers that I was brought up to believe or oppression that was on me. And I really had this like crumbling moment of like, who really am I? And I had this like identity crisis. And that was the most pivotal part of my life that I'm like, I'm going to rebuild myself, you know? And, and that was the moment God came into my life because I was raised in a Catholic household, Catholic household, and everything was like superstitious. <laughs> you know how it is like, oh, you have to, you know, light these candles and say prayers like, you know, 50 times. And I just didn't feel like the grace of God at all. Like I didn't feel that connection. And I never had a connection with another human being because my parents who you're, you know, God put in your life to raise you and you have that connection. I never had that. Mm-hmm. So I found myself looking for relationships outside of the family because I didn't have that. And I was in wrong relationships, unhealthy and toxic relationships because that's all I knew. Yeah. So that was even hard for me to be like, this isn't right. Cause I didn't have a good reference of like what was, what right, was right and what was wrong. So that was that. And it was just like one realization after another, after another. And I was like, so broken down, like, wow, like I have a lot of fixing to do. It was almost like you buy a house and you find out there's mold foundation issues. Mm. There's like rat infestation, like everything was wrong with me. And I was like, wow, I have to demo everything out and like get on my knees and really ask God, like, are you real? You know, and he really gave me like at that moment, it was like a whirlwind of like these crazy miracles. And I know that people won't understand that if you're not a believer, but when you're in tune with like that spiritual side, 
you do see that the spirit world really answers you in a physical in a physical sense like it merges together for you and it started shifting my direction and I started becoming more like self-aware and all of these like amazing people started coming into my life like you guys and I was just like wow this is this is cool like these relationships are opening up to me and I've never had anyone care about me like ask me if I'm doing okay so that was so new to me and it's still kind of new to me today yeah. it is because when you grow up in in a place where you you don't trust even your family you know you go into the real world and you think to yourself like I don't trust a lot of people and you're really wary and you're really like always like looking for like that thing that can set you off and you know you do have a lot of triggers when you deal with like a trauma-based childhood and there's this lady that I listen to now she's really great she's called the crappy childhood fairy (laughs) (laughs) she's really cool but she talks about having um and it's not something that therapists really talk about um childhood trauma but Mm. it's a lot of people deal with it and I think that if we kind of understand that there are so million billions of people who have grown up in like an unstable and trauma-based background that we can be like okay we're not the odd man out like we can talk about this there is a community we just have to kind of open up and really talk about like mental issues now and talk about how to heal that so mental health is just so interesting to me um because it has a personal place for me as well um which you know when it comes to my mom, she has her own, you know... Love your mom. Her Exactly. That's all we can say is we, I love her. Um, whatever battles that she faces, those are things that she works through. And she's just a prime example to me that um, you're not identified by what you have been taught or, you know, whatever it is comes down to your chemistry or whatever that you can overcome it with God. Oh, yes. And um, that's, she's just... A walking um, testimony of that. Um, she really is. But as far as the mental health field and you talking about root issues and things like that, it's just so intriguing to me. And I'm even open about it or have mentioned on the podcast our first one, I started I crying. Yeah. Um, like something for me, I know my root issue and what I've been able to identify with and even my in my adulthood, I have to remind myself of a work-life balance. Even though growing up, my parents always provided my essentials and things like that there was still a great shift from having a surplus to being like, hey, this is what we're downsizing to. It affect it affected me into a way where like psychologically I'm always right scared to go without or to lose what I have and stuff. Having our own apartment is such a big thing to my husband and I because it's our own. Of course, we don't have yeah. to share with anybody else. We know that we're paying for it ourselves. So that's like a root issue that I've had to identify I with, aka yeah, yeah, childhood trauma oh. has to do with like finances. That's really interesting. So that most definitely simulates a lot to me, like overworking most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I get that. I so really do. It's yeah. so true that a lot of adults do have it, and people just don't like talking about it or don't know how to. Or they, it's like the elephant in the room. But in reality, we all have it. Whether you come from wealth or not whether you come from an abusive household or Mm -hmm. not there's some type of inner child in us that feels some type of need for something or a um, a lack of something when we were growing up may sound crazy or whatever really interesting but that's the like psychological side of me and I get excited about that stuff (laughs) and I think that being aware of, of what triggers you and what your deficiencies are 
it really helps to kind of illuminate like where you need to be mm-hmm. stepping. Yeah. Right? Because you don't want to like stay in that place where you're thinking of your lack. You want to mm-hmm. you want to keep moving forward. And I know you're that type of girl where you're always moving forward to you know, get the next, get to the next level and like, you know, make a plan to get here and to get there. And I think that's why you and I connect so well mm-hmm. is because like we can be on the phone, like, Hey, this happened to me today. It was so bad. And like, you know, you'll kick my butt and be like, Cheryl, like think bigger, like go this way. I know you can do this and like vice versa. And I think that's really important too, when you're, when you're kind of dealing with what you're dealing with, like to find those like people. Yeah. It's not everyone's for you. Not everybody is. Honestly, it's sad to say not everybody's for you. There's always going to people who want to see you fail or not even that, but don't believe in you or think you're dreaming too big or that you're annoying or even crazy or um, one-sided or whatever it may be. But when it comes down to, and something like my husband has taught me, and even a similar, a similar similarity in you that I love is that you guys don't care what people think and that you're just doing you because you know what moves you're making. And like you talking about your background too, it just reminds me of why you are who you are. Like when you were younger, you had to be sneaky about what you did. So now you just lay low naturally. I can (laughs) climb through any window and jump down like three stories to sneak out. Like I'm a ninja. You just lay low. Thanks mom. But I thought that was really cool what you said, like your financial, you know, upbringing and like when, you know, you moved out of the house, like there was a shift in paradigm and you kind of felt like vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting because that's really true. I think a lot of adults are walking around and they feel so vulnerable. Their childhood, you know, was a certain way and then you move into the real world and you're Mm -hmm. by yourself. It's like, how do you... How do you, you know, maintain a balance? And like you said, like you're struggling, and I struggle with that too. I think a lot of people struggle with that as well. If you guys are uh, dealing with like trying to figure out how to balance something in your life, go ahead and give Heart and the Mic a comment. We'd like to (laughs) discuss that with you. Vanessa's really good at talking about issues with her audience, and I just am really proud of you, Vanessa. Like, I'm glad that you and your husband are moving forward and, like, just being in your place and seeing all your art and what you've created. Like, it's inspiring to me. Like, it's inspiring that we have these gals in our lives or, or, you know, guys, too, that, you know, can propel you forward and that you can find kind of your current and move forward and people who understand you. Because I know for me, a lot of people really don't understand me. And that's kind of my fault because like I said, like I've always been really dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And so having that balance for relationships was really hard for me. And it's really hard for me to even admit that. It's still hard for me. It's still hard, yeah. And then you recently talked, which is completely off topic, but you recently talked about, like, your best friend moving away. Oh, man. And for people like us, I just, not even lying to be completely open, I had, like, a meltdown the other day, and I was just talking to my husband. I was just like, I don't have, like what I used to have anymore because like this happened and this person's not in the picture anymore and it's just like for us to even have that person to feel safe with completely 100% with like share everything and just have that already foundation and relationship and everything and for it to be stripped I can't even imagine how you feel about your best friend like living in a different state and being in the mentality, huh? (laughs) I was just shouting her out, hey, Guinea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just a completely, like, you kind of feel stripped of, like, that safe space. Like, more vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. The funny thing is, too, like, the more that I, the more that I'm kind of, like, 
And 2020 has been so crazy. And I think everyone right now feels like like in, they're in a crisis kind of situation because mm-hmm. we kind of are. And it's like, it's kind of for, and this goes back to my best friend. She posted something. She's like, you can't go outward, but you can go inward. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, that's really cool because like, when she posted that, I was dealing with like the coronavirus just hitting, you know, um, something that happened with me and my mom, and that's why we don't talk anymore. And so I was in this really dark place, and I was thinking to myself, wow, like all these things I can't control. And that was just it. Like, mm-hmm. you can't control these things, but like what you can control is like how you deal with it and how it changes you. How yeah, you rebuild better, from it. Rebuilding, yeah. And I think that's, and I know that like rebuilding too is something that you and I have in common because we've got, you know, we'll, we'll skate, me and Vanessa scheme will be like idea number one number two number three and then it'll be like it'll totally shift into a different Uh thing and it'll take (laughs) on like this other life and I think that's really cool too to have a friend that you can really sit and scheme with like I always like tell Mikey my husband he's like He's like, you and Vanessa are always scheming. I'm like, yeah, we're always scheming together. You're like, <laughs> scheming. And the thing that I love about us is that we can, like, be all gun ho about something and be like, oh, I'm going to yeah. do this. And we don't even do it. And then we just find this other thing and we're like, I'm hey. not even, and then wait. It's like, I'm not even mad at you because you moved on to this other better idea from that little minor idea, you, you know? know? And that's, how it, that's how it is. That's how it is, really. And um, I was just telling Mikey the other day, I was like, I'm really grateful that I have people in my life that can kind of, sh- you know, show me that, like, and it's sad to say that, but like, because my situation is, like, I don't need my family, and that's, that's really sensitive for me to say that, mm-hmm. but I can say that with, like, the purest intention, because whether or not, like, they're your family, they can also bring you down in mm-hmm. the worst way, you know, and I know a lot of people who dealt with the same s- situation that I have, and they never had the, like, willpower to kind of overcome it, they've always been, like, stuck. Mm-hmm. And that generational cycle continues, a generational curse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I've been it dealing still with. Like, builds. Yeah, generational curse. And then it passes curses. to their kids. Yeah. That's the thing that gets me so much is when there's somebody who has such tremendous childhood trauma and even a sense of hate towards their parents for the way they raise them and because of their hurt and their willingness to be victim. They allow their kids oh, man. to fall into that cycle. Yeah. And sadly enough, their kid is going to feel the same way that they feel about their parents. Mm-hmm. But they're so blinded to that because they're still focused on not even trying to fully repair themselves, but not healing from that trauma. So you being in your line of work, Vanessa, do you see a lot of like mental issues in the girls that you work with? So homes are graded differently. So my house is more behavioral behavioral and not so much mental health. I see. So all my kids do have emotional trauma, but so hard. Um, that doesn't mean we don't have anyone's coming in with mental health, which I have seen it and am currently seeing it. It is a different dynamic to have both types of kids in the household hmm. because something I've learned um, And every day it's like, why are you treating them this way and why are you treating me this way? When in reality, we have to take different approaches for their different needs based off of their age, their behavioral issue, or even the girls who have mental health um, things, which we can't discuss their needs and stuff like that with other clients and put their business out there because, you know, their mental health program is what they're working with with the therapists and things like that. Their peers don't need to be knowing what their diagnoses are and things like that. 
Um, so it is sometimes almost like you're walking around on eggshells because yeah. you're being sensitive to the girl's privacy. We have not sensitive, but have to yeah. uh, maintain the girl's privacy while still guiding them in a house with other girls who, who we're guiding as individuals. So it is most definitely challenging because that's uh, something we'll get in every meeting we have with them is like, you treat me like this, but you treat them like that. So they have triggers. Yeah, oh, they most man. definitely all have triggers. Um, it's, it's an interesting field to get in. My and, sister's in the same thing. And that's how that's why I mentioned earlier I was talking to one of my coworkers about being in the field has shown me an even more interest in um, mental health. I think what is important now, especially with like mental health coming to light, and it's kind of almost mainstream now. Like People used to not talk about this before, yeah. and now they're really saying that this is pivotal and we need to really heal ourselves and kind of toss those old you know, um, outdated systems out the window that people didn't want to talk about these things and it was like taboo and you looked crazy and all this stuff. But now it's like your mental health is so important. Yeah, it is. How are you going to integrate in society and have healthy relationships and, and do good for the, you know, greater community if you, if you're not regulated. And so healing for me was, and I know people have told me like, you should seek therapy and stuff like that. But therapy doesn't always work, I don't think, for a lot of people because what happens in therapy is you can kind of talk about all these really deep wounds and it's going to just open them up again for you. And it's not always helpful for people who are trying to heal like myself. And that's where I got into like plants and nature because that's where I God put me in the beginning. I remember like being in this garden like... And I could hear monkeys and I could, you know, wake up with my cousins and we would catch frogs and it was, there was no roads anywhere. And we would just take a shower in this like pump that you would pump like the handle in the middle of the jungle. I remember this. That's crazy. And I was like naked all the time, just running in the, you know, and that was like the purest form of like joy to me. So then now what I do is like go back to that place that I know in my heart, which was like this pure joy of being free and wild and like so attached to like the outdoors yeah and it was like this divine creator that because if you look at like even these leaves that you have on your table like they're all so different and it's just such a testimony to like god's design for everything and every plant is so different and every plant has a use and every plant is just so amazingly communicative with you they can communicate they communicate they have seasons you know yeah mine looks like they're sad (laughs) that's what they're communicating fine they just want some water <laughs> it's okay Vanessa after this podcast we'll we'll do your little give me some tips <laughs> but I think yeah it's it's a beautiful thing to have that like because nature is silent and it's it's not something that oppresses you it's something that's very I mean even this picture that you have of like nature is so calming and it's like imagine what it would be like if people could grow gardens in their own home and when they're feeling sad or stressed out and they maybe don't want to talk about that stress or that they woke up from this, you know, they woke up from a dream that it was like a reoccurring nightmare of like mm-hmm. this traumatic, really traumatic incident that they don't want to talk about with anybody, but they have to deal with it. And it hurts to talk about it with people because people don't know what to do with that. You yeah. know, even therapists don't know what to do with it sometimes. Um, and it can make you, f- you feel really just you know destabilize when you talk about the deepest darkest things so for me I found that therapy wasn't really helping therapy kind of just made me feel more so you did tap into that. I did okay and it wasn't for me you know I'm not saying it, it doesn't work but for me it was like 
the most effective thing for me to kind of always get back to that center was being in nature. So nature is your baseline. Nature it's what is brings it. you to your place of comfort and it, it helps you process. Yeah, it does. Which is good. You have to have that thing that helps you process. And I may not be completely tapped into it the way that you are, but I love my plants. I never thought that like I would be excited to go to the grocery store to look at the little floral section and things like that. Um, but for me, being outdoors is like gets me to my baseline. Like I love being out hiking, just walking, exploring. Oh, yeah. Like that's what my fun is to me is just being out in the sun like yeah. feeling the sun on the skin on my skin is just like refreshing and revitalizing and just resets me and it's always nice because you can do those things while you're like in prayer too while you're walking oh, yeah. while you're cutting your plants exactly. while you're watering them and things like that and it's cool to hear that because um so many times people are quick to say you need therapy do therapy and I've like happy people even tell me that knowing you know what what my family dynamic is from intermediate and inter what's the right word intermediate intermediate immediate family immediate immediate Sorry. family <laughs> from my immediate family to my extended family what it looks like from the trauma from the drug abuse to alcoholics and things like that like I've had multiple people tell me like if you don't get help you're gonna end up sick you need a therapist and blah 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 I'm like thank you for thank you for that and I'm mindful but I have my I have my baselines. I have my husband who is the biggest tough cookie in the world. But when it comes to me, he knows. He knows my cues. He knows how to read me. He will sit me down and be like, you need to tell me what's going on right now. And I can say, no, not right now. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Whatever, right. whatever it is. It. And he will sit there like I'm a little five-year-old and dig it out of me. And I don't need a therapist. <laughs> He's a therapist. I got my husband. That's awesome. And I have my God. You know, I yeah. can pray. I can process and right. give give my burdens to him. And all that to say, therapy isn't for everybody. It's not. It's it, not. It does work for certain people. And I know some people have said that, like, going to therapists have made me feel crazier. It's uprooted so many things. It's left cliff- cliffhangers to where it's like they dig it up. And then they do nothing about it, but it's very leave clinical. me out to yeah. process and, and and be even more feel more pain and things like that. So it's important to find that thing that that will be good for you, and, I and think to be self aware of that self awareness. Like a, yeah, self awareness is is key to to it. And I think a lot of people don't have self awareness. Mm-hmm. They're really, I mean, for a long time I didn't have it. And that's what was really messing me up. And when I finally was like, okay, this is what self-awareness is. It is an ongoing state that you need to be, you know, focused in on and hone in on. And it really is going inward and mm-hmm. also looking out. But then also, it's also being outward. So it's it's an exhausting it's thing. And I think that um, exactly what you just said is that therapy doesn't work for everybody. And a thing that uh, the crappy childhood fairy said when I, I resonated with me, she's like, human beings are very uh, um, excellent at regulating themselves if you allow it. Mm-hmm. And she was even saying, you know, therapists, they just are trained to ask you about what happened, ask you about these deep cuts, and they're poking and poking. And it's like, humans can heal. We can form these scars, and then we can, you know, return to it later in a better state of mind. And we can talk about it when we're ready. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, childhood trauma, and she labels it as childhood PTSD. It's mm-hmm. not something that's mainstream right now, and I think she's kind of the pioneer woman. She used to be a therapist, but in her field, she was seeing that a lot of these issues that people, you know, like divorce or, um, you know, even like continuing abuse towards their, all of it stems from childhood, mm-hmm. a lot of it. And so she was like, how come no one's talking about this? And I, and that's where I really honed in on it because she want, she did an episode on like narcissistic parents and I was like, oh my goodness, I am that girl she's talking about. I am that girl who was oppressed, who was told she was never good enough or I was, I'm that girl that she's saying, you know, has issues growing up, you know, having like unhealthy relationships and, you know, being triggered easily or, um, not having a good, like financial, like sense about yourself because narcissists do that. They are like, they pin down your arms and your legs and they yell at you and they tell you, this is what you are. And until you figure out like, no, that's not it. And a lot of people will lay down like that and And their whole lives and be run by a completely narcissistic family. My dad's whole side is all narcissists. So not only am I, I'm not fighting with them, but not only am I like opposed to them, but opposed to my father, but their his entire lineage, even like overseas. And they're like always on Facebook trying to message me and stuff. And so it's like, it's really important for me to detach mm-hmm. completely. And I hate to say that, but it's almost like in the Bible where it says, if the tree doesn't bear fruit, cut it off. Cut it off. And so I had to cut that off because there's no fruit. And um, and I found that like I can now be able to regulate myself, catch myself doing that without a therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, you know now I'm starting to like bear my own fruit. And I think that's such a beautiful part of overcoming trauma. And you know a lot of people have it, and you know a lot of people don't want to talk about it. It's even hard for me to talk about it. And for you, it's such a beautiful thing because you're breaking the cycle for your daughter. Yeah. And you're doing something different than what you were taught. And you're living a life that is Christ, Christ-centered Christ to be able, you know, hey, you're trying. That's the thing. Yeah. You're trying to allow God to lead you as a mom, to lead you as a wife, to show you what it is to raise your daughter in the things of the Lord and to not lead her into darkness the way that you felt your whole life because there are generational curses and there are things that will continue through our through our lineage and our family and things like that and the Bible even talks about like certain things can only be broken through prayer and fasting and it's Mm -hmm. important to be able to to do that in the right way and to look to people who can help you do that and I feel like fellowship is so important in the midst of being self-aware because us talking about things and being like hey I'm praying about this I'm going through this right now um, it's encouraging to know to have that you're not in it alone and that you have somebody who can lead you in a Christian perspective and not even a Christian perspective but in a biblical perspective and say hey That's you know it, yeah, this is what the perfect. Bible says so I know this is what I have to do right now to stand in the gap with you so I'm going to pray with you um, this is what I this is what I read this is what I'm telling you straight from the bible and his word not what i think or whatever but like biblically based living like to be beautiful to be aware you know and i i feel like it ties into being self-aware because there's so much wisdom in the bible and it it literally tells you so much about ways to raise a child that's wicked ways that's true you know that 
will lead to death versus righteousness that will lead to growth and stuff like that. Just in Proverbs alone, it clearly lines out the basis of what wickedness is and what not to do when you're leading, you know, yeah. type of stuff. So it's just important to to tie that into your self awareness and know it's like really hey I'm I shouldn't take that today. Yeah. <laughs> take that in yeah, for sure. Oh, I don't read know where Proverbs I was going with, with that, but yeah, read Proverbs with her. Yeah. And she's so good at her Bible. She was like she does all the verses and she memorizes them. She does this with her. If you you can't see me, but she she folds her hands together and she opens them up like a book, and then mm-hmm. she'll tell you the verse. Oh, she'll read it back to you That's every how my day. Sister was is she um, Marissa? Marissa? Well, now she's, she's not a little. little. <laughs> but when she she's was younger, now. she would memorize scripture verse. My mom had her first scripture to memorize was the fruits of the spirit, oh, and just like so ingrained that into her. So it's important to 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 know the word, yeah, for to sure. teach the kids because. Even working with the kids that I work with who all deal with trauma, emotional issues, and things like that, um, like, I have to remind myself, like, okay, I'm not just here to correct them, but, like, I need to teach them principles. Okay, God, what does it say in the Bible Mm -hmm. to where I know, like, I can lead them in this way? Kind of weave that into their fabric, Yeah, Yeah. to where I'm being uh, aware of it and in the back of my head trying to integrate it in the principles that I'm teaching them. Or it's like, why why shouldn't I be rude? Why do I have to respect them? I don't respect anybody unless they respect me. I'm I'm the same way. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So you have to remind them, like, you know, you have to give honor to the people who are taking care of you. And you have to, you know, be respectful and just like these principles that they clearly weren't taught. And, you know, who's to say that their parents were taught, you know, in the right way and just things like that. And just the element that they come from, I do not know. I don't like reading their files. I don't like to know their background. What I do know is what I'm... Um, getting from the therapists and coworkers who have read their files and stuff, but it's just like I have. I'm always having to remind myself, like they weren't taught what I was taught. That's up. so. They didn't have a foundation that was stable. That's why they're here. That's why they're in the system because they weren't safe. They weren't secure. They didn't have a healthy environment for them to be Thriving. raised in. Exactly. Yeah. That's so why I, I can't be to, mad at my mom right now. Exactly. I, I have to remember, like. This is where they're supposed to thrive. I need right. to help them feel safe here. You're in their life for a reason. And even if they get me mad or even if they're rude or they should have a privilege taken away, I need something that I'm big on is I need to, to show them that I will still show up when they have not met what they think they needed to meet or if they they've clearly failed at meeting a goal. I'm still there to support them through it and tomorrow help them reach that goal because they feel like people have failed them, that they fail, they act out, and people walk out on their lives, or that they're there because it's their fault. So it's just a constant reminder for me to be, like, consistent, to just showing up in itself. And you're showing grace, too, in that. Yes, and that's a whole other battle That's a whole other thing. Because you work with people with different perspectives who have different upbringings, who have come from different just culture alone, to where it's like, do as I say and don't ask why. Mm-hmm. Or my, my mom is somebody who's very gracious and somebody who um, even will show love to me when I'm being rude to her. So I've noticed I've embodied a lot of my mom while working with them and other coworkers are like, you're too nice. You give them what they want. They need to come to you. And it's just like that battle of God, me 
walking in a Christ-like manner versus still teaching them respect. The like balance. The Again, balance. it's the balance. So being in that position is a daily challenge, and it's just always correcting myself because I can go from calm to frustrated real quick with the back to Oh, yeah, get. of course. <laughs> Surprise, I'm actually going to cut the interview here. This is just part one of a two-part interview. We talked about so much stuff and had such a good time that the initial interview went almost to about an hour and a half. So please be sure to tune in next week to hear the second part of this interview with my really good friend, Cheryl. Once again, this is Heart on the Mic brought to you by The Exchange Project, and I hope that you tune in next week. Have a good one. Bye.